Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. The first scripture comes from Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God the King, I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commands your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The second scripture comes from the book of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, and verses 25 through 27. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, Would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. Thank you so much, Gary, and it is certainly a blessing to, uh, to see you back in the pulpit. So good. 
So we get together today and we, uh, and we join in this, uh, this new series. But before we do that, I just want to remind you that in your bulletins, as you open them up, you will find that space that you can take notes so that as the Spirit speaks to you this morning, you can, you can jot those little nudges down. Uh, because I know in this time, whether it's during this message or during the music or any other part of this service, God will speak to you this morning. And so I ask that you would be open to hearing that. Uh, also, there are questions and there are scripture passages in there for either for the rest of the week uh, that you can read and reflect on uh, throughout your time until we come together again next week. And one other thing, I said that the, my phone number is in, the, uh, is in the bulletin for prayer concerns. It's also there for questions. So if something comes up in your mind and, and you just want to ask a question, I'm not guaranteeing that I will be able to look at it and, and be able to answer it right away this morning, but I'll do my best. And so if you do have a question, you can certainly send that in to me as well. Uh, but I ask that you would pray with me right now. Gracious and loving God, we, we are here to hear your word. We are here to, to hear your message, to worship you, and to, and to listen to you. And so, God, I ask that you would speak, that, uh, that you would use me as your vessel, that, God, that the words that I speak would not be mine, but they would be your words and your message for your people. And so speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. So, yeah, so today we, we begin this new series, Journey in the Key Of. Uh, as we take a look at music, this, story, this uh, series is actually going to take an in-depth look th- at some of our favorite songs. We'll go back to look at the original composers and see if we can figure out what inspired the texts and the music that, that came out and inspired them to write such beautiful songs and, and maybe how they all came to be. Music speaks a different language, does it not? I mean, some would, some would say that, that music is the language of the heart, and I can't argue with them on that. It has a way of comforting in times of distress, soothe when our life gets just a little crazy, and encourage joy when we are happy. Music can take us on journeys. Songs in, in minor keys can make us feel sad or contemplative, while major keys can make us want to get up and dance, bring a smile to our face, or, or maybe tears of joy. Music can bring wonderful or painful memories to mind. We probably all have those songs that when we hear them, they take us back to a very particular moment in time in our lives. And I wonder what those songs are for you. I mean, what song brings up memories of of happiness and of love? Or maybe there's a song that that you want to forget. I remember times, uh, so going back a number of years, I I also DJed weddings. I kind of find it strange that I was on the DJ side, the uh, reception part of the wedding, and now I'm on the front part of the wedding. Uh, as a minister. Uh, but I, as I was teaching, I would meet with couples and, and I'd ask, you know, these certain questions, the ones that needed to be asked. And one of the main ones was, what song do you want to have played during your first dance together as a married couple? That special song that, that stays with you the rest of your life. And so I'm sure that many of you have, have those memories too, those special songs. 
Sherry and I did, did something fun as we choreographed a little dance to Two of a Kind Working on a Full House by Garth Brooks. <laughs> she, she shakes her head at me now, but it was her idea. <laughs> Uh, however, you know, I, I must say that our, that our actual song is inspiration by Chicago. Uh, but I also remember songs that bring other memories flooding back. Brian Duncan's song, Strong Medicine, always takes me back to a time when Sherry's mom was in the hospital back in the 90s. David Meese's song, I Can See, takes me to my Walk to Emmaus retreat. Elton John's Your Song puts me in my grandmother's house, singing along with my Aunt Sally as she played guitar. And for some strange reason, Starship's Sarah plants me in the passenger seat as Sherry drives me around in her mom's AMC wagon. Don't know why, it just always pops in there. You probably have songs like this too. I mean, memories are, are tightly linked to particular songs. So maybe our, our song this morning has one of those memories attached to it for you. You see, this morning we look at a gospel favorite, a hymn, How Great Thou Art, that we just heard. Where were you when you first heard that song? Maybe it wasn't the, the first time you heard it, but it was another time when either hearing it or singing it brought a new meaning or an emotional response. So what was that? Well, as, as we look to the origins of the song, we can see some of these feelings in, in the composer's story. But before we get to Stuart Hines' version, we need to travel back a little ways. 1886, to be exact. And I know you might be, you know, as you, as you see sometimes in the, in the hymnals, our hymnal actually states that the, the copyright is 1953 on this song. So you go, 1886, that goes back a little ways. But let's have a little history lesson, shall we? It all began with a Swedish poet pastor. Now let me stop for a second. How cool is that? A poet pastor? When I grow up, that's what I want to be. I want to be a pastor that has a way of crafting words to form pure poetry. Now, maybe I get lucky every once in a while, and, and, think, and I, I think that would probably be amazing, but anyway, I digress a little bit. Well, Reverend Carl Gustav Boberg was this Swedish poet pastor who composed over 60 poems, hymns, and gospel songs. And one of these beautiful pieces was called O Stor Gut which would be translated, O Great God. The poem was, was first published in 1886. And for any Swedish people out here? Okay, a couple. All right. I'm sorry. Musaras <laughs> Tidnigen. Uh, I'm not sure if that's right or not, but that is the place that it was published. Uh, I mean, the, my only experience with Swedish actually has to do with a, with a famous chef that says, work, work, work. All right, good. So we're, we all know where mine's coming from. Well, that isn't nearly as interesting as finding out what inspired this beautiful poem and eventually this song. It was said that Carl Bolberg was visiting a serene Swedish country estate, and while enjoying the beauty of the place, 
he was caught in a sudden thunderstorm. The storm didn't last long, and when the clearing and bright sun over, it came out and overtook that storm, as the clearing came, he said he felt the calm and the peace that came over him, and he even heard the birds singing their wonderful songs. I guess when you experience something like this, it can't help but affect you in some way. The inspiration came through this vision, and Carl Bolberg poetically wrote words that conveyed all that he saw. It was a poem that described the awesome power of God, as well as the peace that is offered through the grace of God. As I stated before, my Swedish is non-existent, so I'm, so I'm counting on the translations for the meaning if we look at the, the literal translation from, of O Stor Gut, we find these words. When I, when I the world consider, which thou hast made by thine almighty word, and how the web of life thou wisdom guideth, and all creation feedeth at thy board, then doth my soul burst forth in song of praise. O great God! Oh, great God. Hmm. So speaking of translations, we can follow the development of this. Initially from Swedish to German by Manfred von Glenn as Wie groß bist du? It was then translated to English by Reverend Gustav Johnson in 1925 as Almighty God, when I behold the wonder... And then in 1927, was translated into Russian by I.S. Prokhanov. Now, you may be wondering why going from English to Russian would be important. So let me tell you, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. Fast forward to 1933. The Reverend Stuart Hine and his wife were serving as missionaries in Ukraine preaching the gospel message and helping those in that country. It was during their time in Ukraine that Stuart heard the Russian translation of the old Swedish poem. He heard this during a worship service while serving and decided to incorporate this into their missional work, into their ministry. They would often share it, him and his wife, as a duet and found that it was very well accepted in their ministry settings. And so while sharing, the, the English began forming. But it didn't come to the full version that we know, that we just heard for quite a while. Reverend Hine and his wife traveled throughout the Carpathian Mountains, engaging in ministry with people. It was during this time that he began translating this Russian version. During this time, he perfected the first three verses. The last verse only came after they returned to England, and timing was certainly a key to this verse. In light of what Reverend Hines, uh, of Reverend Hines' ministry, we can see that the first two verses share the views of the mountains and the nature which they were surrounded by in the Carpathian Mountains. The third spoke directly to sharing the gospel with all of the people that they ministered to. And the final verse eventually added, not only after they returned to England, but also at the completion of World War I. I wonder if that gives a deeper meaning to the text of this verse 
when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home. What joy shall fill my heart? Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, My God, how great Thou art. I can certainly see how, how this faith-filled proclamation could only give hope to all of those who worshipped with it, especially after experiencing the devastating loss in that war. In 1953, Reverend Stuart Hine put all the pieces together and the melody, and published this favorite hymn, How Great Thou Art. It didn't get too much recognition right away, but then the Billy Graham crusade picked it up, and that famous voice shared it for the first time in 1955. George Beverly Shea, yeah, gave this hymn notoriety with his performance, and it has been a favorite ever since. So there is your history lesson for today. I guess we could say that it's good to hear about how songs came to be and what inspires them. It helps us to to understand the composer and how God is working through them in these particular times. However, there are still questions that come to mind. What, What is God speaking through these songs? What is the theology or the belief proclaimed in the words, and what does this song mean for you today? If we take it apart verse by verse, we can see some distinct meanings. We hear the words of the first verse, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. God, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Certainly, we can hear the, the doctrine of the, of the creation here. We can remember the words from Genesis where God created, and call, created everything and called it good. Maybe we remember nights laying out under the stars and feeling so incredibly small. But then remembering that God, even after creating that expansive universe and space, also created each one of you. That definitely fills me with an awesome wonder. It doesn't take much to look at the absolute power of nature, the storms and natural happenings to to see the power of God displayed. This first verse is an expression of God's greatness and almighty power, all of which is on full display if we would just notice it. The second verse, when we when through the woods and forest glades I wander and hear the, the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze. So much of this reminds me of a, of a favorite psalm. Psalm 23 leads me by still waters and restores my soul. When I think of places like this which restores my soul, it certainly can be hiking through a forest, listening to the birds sing, or spending time next to that flowing stream, listening to the water bubble along as it flows. Can you feel God's calming presence in that second verse? Well, then Stuart makes a big shift when he transitions to the third verse. And when I think that God, his son, not sparing, sent him to die 
scarce can take it in, that on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. This is the message that we proclaim every Easter. This is a story we know by heart. This is our salvation. Through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are saved. Theologically speaking, this is the atonement. The moment when Jesus accomplishes this plan which God had all along. Salvation and everlasting life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And I dare say abundant life. This is foundational to the Christian faith. This is the gospel message right here in that third verse. But Stuart doesn't stop there. He writes another big, uh, writes about another big theological word. He writes a verse about eschatology, which is the study of the end times. When Christ shall come, with shouts of acclamation, and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I will bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. Here's where we find Christ's return. A day that we look forward to, and even if we do not witness the glorious return of Christ in our lifetime, we do hear this verse and what we can expect. Jesus will come for us and take us home. Remember Jesus telling us that in his Father's house there are many rooms, and that he goes and he prepares a place for us. So that when our time comes, we will be with him in paradise, just like that other thief on the cross. Then when we arrive and are facing God on that day, we will bow in humble praise and join with all of the angels and all of the others in the presence of God, singing and proclaiming God's goodness. So as we hear these wonderful words written so very long ago, we can't help but find ourselves in the middle of these verses. Some days we are praising God for His creation, thankful for the mighty things that God has done. Other days, like this past week for me, we long to be next to that forest, listening to the birds as we feel that cool breeze of the stream flowing. We also reflect on God's salvation plan, which includes our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's death on a cruel Roman cross to take away our sin. And finally, we look forward to the day when we are reunited with loved ones and are able to stand before God in all of His glory, praising and worshiping God by singing, Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Will you pray with me? 
loving God. As we hear how you have worked through so many people in bringing this particular song into existence. We can't help but but think of the history and the many ways that you have impacted lives to bring us to this place, to bring us to to the space that we can sing this song and feel your love and your grace surround us. So God, we, as we listen to the song that we focus on today, we find ourselves in many different places. But we know that, that through the story that is told here, we hear about your creation, the great salvation plan that you have for us. And God, we look forward to those final days when we are all gathered around the throne singing and praising and worshiping you. And so God, keep speaking to us, speaking to us through the words of of songs, of hymns, of poems. Keep giving us messages, those nudges that tell us to, to go do something to worship you, to love you, and to love our neighbor. God, thank you for this message. And thank you for your servants who who brought this, this piece of music to life through your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. That thou, my God, shouldst die for me. Wonderful words written by Charles Wesley that speak to a little bit of what we've heard in How Great Thou Art. And, and so a question popped up about how can we proclaim that God is so great in a world with so much misery and pain. It doesn't take long to look around us and to look at the the news stories around the world and, and see so much pain and hatred and everything else going on in the world. And so how do we claim that God is so great when this is what we're surrounded by? And I think what it really kind of what we can really point to is, is really the, the fourth verse in How Great Thou Art. And even the third of, of what God did to redeem this world. To take all of the pain away. Did not say that He would take the pain away right now. But on that day, when the eastern sky split open and Jesus arrives, all pain will go away. All misery will go away. Unfortunately, so much of what is out there is because of another wonderful thing that God did for us, and that is that He gave us free will. He gave us the ability to make decisions and the freedom to make those decisions. Sometimes they're great decisions, and sometimes they're not. And so from 
all of these, these bad situations and bad decisions that happen over centuries and decades, we find some of these really difficult situations. But God can redeem them. God can step in and says, hey, I'm going to take all of this bad stuff. I'm going to take everything that happened in COVID, because God didn't cause COVID. I'm going to take everything that happened in that, and I'm going to work it and bring good out of it. We might not see it right now. Some of you may, though. Some of you may have, have noticed that you know, spending more time with family was a blessing. That being able to have a little bit of extra time to read Scripture and to pray and to work on your, your spiritual life was a good thing. God has a way of, of taking all of this pain and, and kind of working it in for His good. So how can we proclaim that God is, is so great in the world of, of pain and misery? It's because of what God is doing. It's because how God is moving us in this direction that one day we will say there will be no more pain and there will be no misery. There will not be a tear shed when we all are gathered at the throne. And so I hope that helps. I hope that helps in some of your understanding of, of sometimes feeling that God isn't so great because of what's going on and in, in maybe in your life right now or maybe in the world around you. That we look and see where God is moving and we become grateful for those little things that God shows us. And so as we get ready to leave from this place, knowing that God works in all things, may we go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with us. And it goes with us always. Amen.